This teaching is from City Church Coventry. You can find us online at www.citychurchcoventry.org. Wonderful. Hello, everyone. Um, yeah, if you don't know me, I'm John, um, as everybody's just said. Um, I'm continuing on in the series that we've been doing this summer, which is Our Part in God's Purpose. And the name of my talk is, the one, the one that I've been given, is Seated in the Heavenly Realms. Um, and it's based around the verse in Ephesians chapter 2. We finally made it into chapter 2. Um, verse 6, and I'll start with that as it's pretty vital to this talk. Um, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. I'm going to read it again. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. And the first thing I kind of thought of when I was reading this verse is something that, actually I don't think it was covered in any of the ones that happened before, but it's earlier on in Ephesians, um, back in chapter 1, my apologies, um, verses 20 to 21, and um, let's just see if you guys pick out any similarities between the verse I've just read and this one. Um, he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. So there's a pretty hefty parallel there in terms of being raised and then seated. We see in chapter 1, we see Christ is raised from the dead and seated at the right hand in the heavenly realms. And then in chapter 2, we see ourselves, 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 ourselves raised up with Christ and seated with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So I'm just going to touch on those two points first about being raised up and then seated. Um, And then we'll go from there. What's interesting about those two words, I guess it's partly due to the context of them, but um, the Greek words that are used, which I will not pronounce because I'm not really versed in Greek, um, the raised means, no, I'm all right, um, means um, to raise up together and seated is to sit down together. So it's not just something we're doing by ourselves. Um, obviously, God is raising us up, so it'd be hard to take that out of the context but um the two things we see that um from the first chapter second chapter we see such a spiritual resemblance to christ's resurrection um we see the first one speaking of his resurrection ascension and then we are to mirror that so so how are we raised in the second context um i won't make you turn to it but romans 6 2 to 4 i'm just going to paraphrase um and we are those people who died to sin were baptised, were buried, and then were made alive in Christ. The thing that unites all those phrases for me is those are all completely past tense. None of those things are to come, none of those things are kind of happening now, those are things that are our inheritance already. 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem, I was crucified with Christ. We were crucified with Christ. His experience has become my spiritual history, our spiritual history, Therefore, God can now speak to me as already having everything with him. Because I've been raised up, seated in Christ. I'm unified with him. But our raising up to be seated, as is clear, is nothing on us. Our deliverance is done. Romans 6.11, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. 
that is something that we now we rest upon. We can, we can bask in that. A book that I was given by Matthew for this, um, well, he didn't give it to me, actually. He just told me I should probably read it. But I don't really read books very well. I kind of skim the bits that are vaguely important to me. Um, so the book is called Sit, Walk and Stand. I only read the sit bit. And I think I read the whole of the sit bit, but I just got the preview off of Google, so <laughs> might have missed out three and four bits, but that's where you've got to test the word. Um, and the guy who wrote it's Watchman Nee, which also is an incredible name, um, is, um, he says this, the secret to a true Christian experience is based in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, um, in sitting, which is pretty useful for me. Um, so God made Jesus to sit and made us to sit with him our Christian life begins with sitting Um, Christ purified our sins and then he sat down Um, it's reiterated in Hebrews chapter 1 3 after he provided purification for sins he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven Um, our life begins when we see ourselves seated with him Referring back to Paul's talk last week, we are then under his alignment, under his feet, uh, under his feet with Christ. Now, with all this kind of analogy of sitting, I don't want us to think that, or concern that we are moving into any sort of laziness or lethargy. Um, it doesn't exonerate us from the fact that we have responsibility and we we should act. I think I really see that as being clear in Psalm one three nine. Um, Verse 2, that um, he sees you and knows what you're doing, I feel that really tells of how God is concerned that whether we are resting when we should be working, should be outworking his plans on the earth. Um, so don't be afraid that any of this sitting analogy is kind of taking you out of the purposes that you should be walking in. Um, but why must we rest? Um, Watchman Neal also says that... Um, I feel like that's a very Jedi thing to say. Watchman Nee also says. Um, Christianity begins not with a big do, but with a big done. We are invited to enjoy what God has done. Beginning of Ephesians again, it says, Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms and every spiritual blessing in Christ. I mean, that is a humongous thing to just lift any burden off ourselves. We've been blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing covering everything, that bubble of light that surrounds us. Through Christ, the work of redemption was completed and he declares it, it is finished. So where else do we see that as humanity, as people, we are called to first come into rest? Um, where our first point of call is to rest, sit, enjoy. And I think well, we can find that right at the beginning. I feel like examples are often in Genesis, but it's where everything begins. Um, God worked for six days and on the sixth created man. So for Adam, his first day on earth, his first full day on earth was the Sabbath. Was His first full day was just resting. So the pattern there for me is that For God it is to work, then rest. But for us, we first enter into God's rest, then we fulfill his purposes. Rest is where we start. So let's take that rest, receive it, 
we have seen what things we are to receive, not just what I've said previously, but previous weeks talking about what we're inheriting. Um, So let's do everything from a position of being seated with Christ. But what does sitting down also do? I think that it it proclaims that the work is finished. I was trying to think of an example for this, and the only thing I could think of was that when you're like preparing the house for guests to come over, if halfway through when you're preparing, you just decided, well, I've kind of had enough, I need a rest now, I'm just going to sit down, and come what may, if people arrive 10 minutes early, and I haven't even started like preparing the food, or haven't hoovered, and I feel like often the house is cleanest when people are about to come over, so if I hadn't done any of the cleaning, obviously Paul also hadn't done any of the cleaning, um, then we'd be left in a pretty terrible situation, but if we've chopped the vegetables, we've put everything in the oven, we've even set a timer for the oven, so we don't even have to think about, oh, how long is it going to take? We just wait for a beep on your phone. You've done like the last whip round. You can sit down, maybe have a, a cheeky glass of wine. You're just resting, knowing that when the people come, everything's done for you already. You've already, you've already finished the work. The work, has been, the work has been finished. So by being seated, we declare that we have truly won. We're no longer like the priests of old where there wasn't even a seat in the temple as you just had to keep working. They were working for their salvation but we have a priest who has delivered us. Christ Jesus, the victory is won. Now it's pretty obvious that right now though most of us in the room apart from me are seated we aren't physically seated in the heavenly realms um, unless you would like to enlighten me. Um, But we are there legally and spiritually But legally we hold that position. What is Christ is ours because we are united to him and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And a good way of kind of seeing how united means that we have everything in Christ is the picture of marriage. I feel like I'm very much favouring this side of the room. So maybe I'll talk this bit over here. Um, When a man and woman are united, legally everything that was theirs individually, house, car, money, becomes one another's. So it's the same for us being united in Christ. The only difference is that we have received an inheritance which is far greater. Um, But in all of this, as Paula said last week, this isn't the finish. This Christ's redemption and us just seeing our inheritance, it's not... It was part of God's ultimate intention, but it's not the end of God's ultimate intention or this finishing place. Um, stealing one of um, Joel's metaphors, this is kind of a place where it's like a, a foundation that we move off to be empowered by. And in John 14, obviously I'm going to quote John, um, he says the things that we can do, great things. He says this, which is, I mean, something to repeat to yourself often really. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. But he has gone to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. We are in the Son, in Christ, being raised up and being seated in Christ. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. So God has prepared the path. And with our small action of being seated, of resting, it unites us with him.
So we are seated with him under his alignment, under his feet. But what I think is also important is where we are seated. Um, can anybody tell me where we are seated in that situation? Ooh. Nope. Right. <laughs> um, we are seated in the throne room. Now, the reason, one reason I think that's important is if, you, if you're wandering around Coventry and you see a guy in a suit, I mean, the guy could be walking to the first day that he's been at that job. Like, he could know, I mean, he may have studied at university, or he could be the CEO of a company. It's pretty hard to tell what role someone has within their circle just by looking at them. Um, the only way that you might be able to tell that context is by, if you went into a boardroom, that that man or woman may be at the top of the table and is kind of orchestrating everything that's happening. Like, it's important to know where we are seated because that gives us a sense of our authority that we have. We have raised to be seated, and with that comes authority. Our position is in the heavenlies. Our authority is with heaven. So our responsibility is to bring heaven's rule, to bring heaven to earth. And something that heaven is above, if above, 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 I read it earlier, which kind of at the time may have seemed irrelevant in Ephesians 1, 20 to 21, but it says the heavenly realms far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. That is the authority that we are stepping into and hold. Um, So, we are to speak with authority and claim what is our inheritance, stepping into our part in God's purpose. But to do that, I think we must know something. Um, I think that revelation comes to us to show the territory faith is capable of exploring. Revelation, it doesn't just release the territory, but it It makes it available. I feel like we often stop short of a divine experience or an encounter with God because we are content with just the revelation that we've been told, just with the the knowledge of what God has revealed rather than actually stepping into it and living that experience. Revelation shouldn't be something we just articulate amongst ourselves, even though that is good and enables us to move to a point where that becomes moves from something that's just head knowledge into heart, speaking truth over yourself to build your faith, but revelation should always lead to something. God reveals truth, continues to reveal truth to produce a lifestyle. It's part of the role that we play in a big part in unfolding his sovereign plan. God is absolutely sovereign, yes, but he has written us into his plan We have a role of influence and we have been given the authority to work that out. Revelation lets you see the inheritance. Faith lets you explore. It takes the faith to access the inheritance. And authority gained gives you the freedom, the right to. Um, If you haven't noticed, I'm pretty pink in the face today. Um, One thing you should never do is when you're planning to walk with four other guys... Don't trust that anybody else is going to bring sun cream. Um, remember it yourself. So the red armbands that I have here um, help me a little bit with this, with this kind of picture. I kind of saw, imagine all of God's inheritance 
given to us is like a massive piece of land that we've been gifted. And we're positioned right in the middle at the top of kind of the highest, the highest mountain. Um, we can see kind of the border lines of everything that we have. Um, but the problem with that is, is that you may be able to see kind of um, like the valley of healing over there. And you might be able to see kind of the rainforest of blessing. There we go. But, but the valley of healing is obscured by probably 90% of it by the hills. Like you may be able to see a part of it, but you're stuck at this one position of just seeing the revelation that you can grab hold of. But unless you go out and explore that by faith, you may be missing out on the majority of it. If you haven't kind of examined the rocks that are in that area or walked the paths that are, I don't know, um, forged by animals that have walked for centuries there, you're missing out on a large part of what the revelation is about. Um, Or even, yeah, the rainforest of blessing. You may see that um, just from up at that high point, you just see the canopy. And occasionally you'll see, I don't know, a monkey fly out of the top (laughs) and birds flying. But you haven't even seen the floor of the rainforest or like the biodiversity that's hidden underneath. You're not, you're not even seeing, in that case, probably even 1% of what is part of that inheritance. Um, so we have been brought to that high point. The throne room is where we see the inheritance we have. But we aren't here to just tell people of the territory we have seen without exploring what God has said is ours. So what happens if we don't partner with this purpose? What happens if we don't explore If we are seated in the throne room in Christ Jesus, at the right hand of the Father, yet do nothing. Well, let's take take healing, for example. We know that some people believe that you can miraculously heal, and some people don't. But what would happen if all those people who said they believed it, practiced it, then I have faith to think that there wouldn't be anybody who didn't believe Because it is very easy to reject something that is in a concept form, in kind of a spoken revelation form, but it is very difficult to deny that or reject that when it changes a friend's life, when it changes someone else's life. And once a revelation becomes part of you, you have the ability to impart it to others. But if it's still just a concept to you, you can can tell people about it, and it can do good things, you're speaking truth over them, you can make them hungry for it, Um, but you aren't really coming from a strong position of authority. Um, I understand that by saying that's a kind of an extreme way of saying it, and as I said, it's not bad to speak spiritual truth over people. Um, Whether it's solidified in our hearts, it's still spiritual truth. Um, But what is more true is when it's part of you, and you speak it when it's mixed with authority, with faith, with experience, with heart-strong understanding, then you come from a strong position of authority, the authority that we've been given. When you speak to people, you bring people into an encounter with God with your words. So so I'll begin to round off now. Um, In every situation, we start with resting in God, being seated with him, receiving the revelation of the inheritance we've been given, 
then with the authority we have, we explore that inheritance. Um, I think there are some pretty incredible revelations just in the Bible that we can grab hold of. Um, In John, again, chapter 4, verses 35, um, it says this, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. And the context of that is Christ is preaching and a big group of Gentiles walks over. And he goes, look, the people are hungry. They see what is good. They see truth. They're ready to see that, grab hold of that. And we have the authority to take hold of this revelation from Christ and bring it into being. Last week, um, Paul spoke about how everything is under his his feet. Um, But now with God's authority, we can bring all things under our feet for God's glory. And that's not a an arrogant thing to say it's just purely looking at the chain of command Um, we are in Christ so everything is coming under his feet we are bringing that under his feet Um, and then he is offering up that to the father Um, so by doing that we are bringing things again what Paula was saying into correct alignment and therefore bringing the heavenlies to earth so I, I, I'll just finish with saying one sentence again. Um, in every situation, we start with resting in God, being seated with him, receiving the revelation of the inheritance we have been given. Then with the authority we have, we explore that inheritance. Thanks for listening to this teaching from City Church Coventry. You can find more great teaching and other resources on our website at www.citychurchcoventry.org.